Hello everyone, I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. All right. Well, welcome back, Queens. We have a very special guest. We have the one and only Allie Kiefer. She is an American athlete who competes in distance running as a professional runner for Azil. You probably saw her um, have her fame by placing faith in New York City Marathon and placed seventh in the New York City Marathon um, the following year. Excuse me, I got that backwards. Um, Allie Kiefer is also a running coach. Allie, we wanted to start with having you share your message behind fall down seven times, get back up eight. Yeah, I feel like life can like uh, take punches at you sometimes and that it's really not about how many punches you've taken, but how many times you like keep pulling yourself up and trying and going after it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've like, had a lot of struggles in my own life and I think that we all struggle Um it, and if you just keep going, things will work out. Mm-hmm. Sounds like tenacity and resilience <laughs> <laughs> has yeah. gotten you through Which a lot. You've had a lot of, huh? Um, what made you fall in love, in love with running to begin with? Tell us a little bit about your journey of becoming a runner. Yeah, so I started running when I was really young. Like when I was in kindergarten, my sister was four years older, and the crossing guard thought she was really fast. And my parents just kind of. For me to be as well, so I joined too. I was the youngest person ever in this like group track club, and um, I just really enjoyed it from the get go. And then I think I used running when I was younger to kind of like escape my environment and my situation. And so it was like, um, like I had my family is there. There's a lot of alcohol in it, mm-hmm. and I just kind of ran away from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was. Then try to be the other thing because I had found the success in running. So it was just like a, a stepping stone, I think, to like becoming me. Well, and Ali, we have really appreciated. So Karen and I both have the sports background, but we also work a lot with disordered eating, eating disorder, and body image. Mm-hmm. And we love the path that you're paving with this getting away from label of runner's bod, body, um, and really just kind of embracing the body that you have been given as an athlete. Tell us how you've been able to navigate that. I, I noticed in a couple interviews where you even talked about from middle school, there were comments about how you didn't look like a typical runner, yet you were smoking everybody. Yeah, I remember like making um High school, in ninth grade, I made states and cross country, and my science teacher was like, oh, you must, like, have a, like, really good engine to do that different and make and make states. And I was like, what do you mean, like, be that different? He was like, mm-hmm. you're big. You're big. And, oh, gosh. 
Um, I just like, I didn't really think about it before then. It's kind of funny now because I'm, uh, my best friend then ran with me. We actually like, woke up in the mornings and ran before high school because we were so obsessed with running. Um, but we had no idea how to eat properly. And so we would have like a lot of candy and we'd rollerblade to get, um, <laughs> good Sundays from friendly. So <laughs> we had a horrible diet. And I made sweets and she made me like a silly bag of candy and I like to hop onto the bus and I'm so excited and like trying to share my candy with people. And of course, <laughs> no one wants my candy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was like the first like realization that like, okay, well, Number one, maybe I'm not eating perfectly. And then, yeah, maybe I do look like a little bit different. And that just a whole, um, like looking different, just as if the more I rose in the sport, it became more evident. Like people would speak up about it or my, I think like even my peers did in high school. Um, and then my high school coach, uh, we just wanted us to eat healthy. He was wanted us to be aware of what we were eating. Like he wasn't, he never pressured me to lose weight or anything. Um, but I think he definitely thought that like weight factored into your run. Mm -hmm. And then in college, you know, you, you want to make that next step. And, um, our coach definitely wanted us to be the lean. And I think sometimes people want to, uh, lose weight so they can run this like super fast time or something. And that's just not the way I've seen it work in my own life. Like, I don't run faster because I'm lighter. I haven't hit my best time just because I've had less weight on my body. Like, my strength is that I'm strong. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've, I've, like, tried that once to just get light to run fast, and I got injured. And so mm -hmm. I've kind of been, like, leaning in on my strength. And, yeah, I eat healthy, but I don't, I don't consume my days worrying about how, like, low can I of body weight can I get to to run this great time I think of like how strong can I get to make it through the whole marathon mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh that's fantastic I love that message like leaning in on your strengths instead mm -hmm. of this lighter is leaner leaner is lighter message that's so prominent in runners and I mean obviously you're leaning well because you're you're running very well mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly and I, I do feel like uh, maybe in the high school being light because you're training like you haven't hit um such a high elite level of training but now at this point in my career like everyone's running over 100 miles a week and if i don't if i don't eat i can't recover and then run with them so mm -hmm. like i won't ever be able to put the training and training on top of each other to like compete with them because it's so much about how much endurance do i have especially in a marathon right so it's like much more about staying healthy and I really don't think that the people at the top level of the sport are are being unhealthy about it mm -hmm. but I think that they are often lean because they run so much like if you your whole day was working out you know it would you get pretty lean so. <laughs> right that was my job right <laughs> yeah exactly um you've been getting just the articles and um, the message has been getting out. You've been getting some attention around speaking out about this. How have you, how have you dealt with that? Have you been comfortable or how's that experience been for you? Just being kind of the spokesperson around this topic a little bit. Yeah. It, you know, it's been good and bad. Like um, it's been fun to be able to spread that message. And mm -hmm. I've 
was saying yesterday to someone that, um, you know, it's really, I'm like obviously motivated to run fast and to train hard to run fast. And I spend most of my day doing that. And of like most of the day, of that's like every other day. So most of my life at this point is trying to get faster. But if it was just about running in a circle fast, like it wouldn't be a very uh, worthwhile life, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd feel like great about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so having the message to go along with that really uh, provides me with like a lot more fulfillment. And so I feel that that part is wonderful. And so many people um, really need to hear the message and are responding well to it. And I get messages back that are just so lovely. So like, I... I 100% love that. And there's just like the few and far between that of people that there's a little bit of um, a reaction. People thought that maybe I was attacking skinny people because I hashtag strong, not skinny. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I didn't didn't mean that at all. Yeah. So, um, And then I also think some people are like so dead set that you have to be like, stick thin, real thin and that I have to lose weight if I want to accomplish my yeah. goals. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'm just going to be more stubborn than them and show them <laughs> that they're wrong. Well, and I love that you're showing, hey, when I experimented with this, it backfired. I started having more injuries or I wasn't able to recover as well, which means I wasn't making my times that I wanted to. So we need more Mm -hmm. athletes to be vocal about that. We had another person that was a former collegiate runner that now is the therapist. And she said, I wanted to wait till I was recovered to see could I get back to the times that I was running at a healthier weight and she was able to so I think more runners need to hear that and that's what I wanted to hear is you know I have a young daughter that's now getting to sports she loves basketball she loves running what message would you give to her sorry I just Oh, I'm sorry. I was asking if you were to, what what message would you give to little runners out there? Like my daughter, who's now nine, and she's now getting into the world of sports and comparing. What would you tell her? I just feel like at that age, like it's just having fun. You know, even now, I feel like it's just about having fun. Um, I don't think a nine-year-old like doesn't have to be so serious. Nine, I was still playing soccer and eating all the candy and like just <laughs> living. You know, just like experiencing and and um, and I also think it's good to be exposed to other things, not just running. So like, whatever someone is like excited about doing, I feel like that's good. And I do feel like healthy habits, though, about from the eating side of it, is really important. And um, and I just had like all of these bad habits, I think, from when I was younger. Of um, my I had a, my parents were divorced. I lived with my mom who worked full-time in New York City and uh, had a three-hour round-trip commute. So by the mm. time she got home, she didn't want to cook anything, well, yeah. which I totally understand. Mm-hmm. And um, so we would go out to eat for, like, every meal almost. I think there's one night a week that we would, like, stay home and cook something. Mm-hmm. And and um, so there was no, like, I just kind of we had, like, pizza or chicken farm hero or a lot of like pasta dinners and um and I wish that I had focused more on like you know because you have such a fast metabolism that you can kind of eat what you want but I think that it would have been better to learn how to eat healthy earlier mm-hmm. um just to have a healthy lifestyle I'm more focused now on like things that 
um, don't just make me a better runner, but like make me a healthier person in general. Mm -hmm. So like some of those foundational things, like a growth mindset, like I know this is all like maybe not specifically related to your question, but like starting a nine-year-old out with a growth mindset instead of feeling like they're successful or not based on if they, they got an A in the class or they won a race instead of like, did you try hard? Did you have fun? Like, okay, then that was successful because we often like search for the outcome and it's really about the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love that. And and that starts when, when we're young, you know, so much of what what we're getting attention for or the schools, they put so much pressure now for grades. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And even like grades get into certain, like I was nannying in New York city and kids had to take placement tests to get into certain schools. Mm -hmm. Like, these are young kids that I'm nannying. They're only in elementary school. If that, it's like, it's crazy how much we could just be, um, think of that we are good or bad based on, on the results mm-hmm. and not on the things that really matter are not the results. Yeah. And they're so serious, so young. You're right. So like, <laughs> yeah. let's just have some fun, eat no some kidding. candy and play some soccer <laughs> yeah. with you. I would be sneaking on the school bus, eating some candy with my friends. <laughs> That's right. That's what you should be doing. Um, Allie, what's sort of coming up for you? What's next on your radar um, race-wise? When is this podcast dropping? Uh, <laughs> they next, have like, um, next week, maybe. <laughs> yeah, the good, yeah. good okay. question there. Too. <laughs> There's like these particular times that I can announce certain races. Oh, okay. Um, makes sense. Well, you don't have to answer so, that. No, you don't have to. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's um, so I next race I'm doing is a 10k on the track. It's called the Pacific Pursuit in San mm-hmm. Diego, and Ooh. they're gonna pace it for the world or the Olympic standard. Um, so it will like it would qualify me uh, for the like Olympic standard for next year. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So it's still have to be top three in the 10k at the Olympic trials, but uh, I already have the time qualifier. Because gotcha. if you get top three but uh-huh. you don't have the qualifier, then you you don't get to go. Gotcha. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's the next race, and then I am doing a half that I don't think I can tell you about yet. Okay. And I'm doing the <laughs> London Marathon. Cool. Good. I remember watching that one. That was yeah. such a cool one. Um, what is like? So for that, can you tell us a little like this week or next week? What's like training looking like? For the ten k. Yeah, what's like kind of mileage yeah. you're you're doing right now? So I hit 105 this week. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, because I know I, I'm doing the London Marathon, mm-hmm. it, I'm trying to like um, I'm not at my marathon like amount of mileage, but yeah. I need to like bridge the gap kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of high, I think, for a 10k. So mm-hmm. 105, and um, so on Monday I did. I, I do a workout every third day, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. So it's not a weekly schedule. It's like this rotating nine-day kind of thing. Okay. Um, so it's just e- it's easier for me to go backwards because I know whatever she's done. <laughs> so on, on Monday, I did uh, like a, a broken tempo. So it was 5K, 4K, 3K, 1K. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty fast, yeah. And then I had 13 miles yesterday and a swim. And then today I did just ran like nine and a half miles and I have five in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow I'm doing a track workout. So I'm doing a ladder, 4K, I mean, sorry, 400, 800, 1200, 
mile, 2K, and then back down. Mm-hmm. So 15, 12, 8, 4 again. Um, then I'll do the midweek again, which is like 13 miles. Then I'll do an easy run. And then I'm jumping in the rock and roll half uh-huh. just for uh, like a long run, yeah. hard effort on Sunday. Awesome. Aww. See, you got a feel for all that shit. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's basically like, um, it's like workout, midweek, easy run, workout, midweek, easy run. You know, um, and then like if it's a, the only change if I do to that schedule, if it's a long run in that, that the long run's a workout too. Like mm-hmm. even if I just do an easy 20 miles, like it still takes so much out of me. I need two days to recover yeah, from sure. that. Yeah. And so, but I, I don't try to do a midweek the next day. Yeah. Um, I love just... hearing you talk about recovery days because yes. with the runners that we work with, they kind of even take their easy days and like, oh, I got to get it paced. Well, no, I'm pretty sure that's not part of that's the training. That's not an easy day. Yeah. That's not a recovery day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've, um, I typically run really slow on my easy days and I've just started running a little bit faster. It's still not fast. It's like, uh, still like a minute and a half slower than my marathon pace, mm-hmm. but it's, um, I was running like two minutes, two and a half minutes slower than my, my marathon pace before. So I'm trying to get like that a little bit faster. Cause I feel like there's different, there's different things you can play with. Um, you can increase your mileage. You could increase the speed of your run, but like you can't do everything at once. So mm-hmm. you're more likely to get hurt. So yeah. I'm yeah. not really increasing my mileage. And I'm just going to increase my speed a little bit. I've also been working a lot on my form. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like I'm putting out the same effort, actually, when I'm running a little bit faster now. But just because I feel a little bit more efficient. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Great. Hey, will you be making an appearance at the Female Athlete in June? Yes, I am. Yay, we'll yeah. meet you in person there. <laughs> yes, I'm doing the keynote. Great. Oh, you kidding? We'll sit in front. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited for it. So I'm excited to go and hear from everybody else. Man, the the conference, it looks great. There's some great speakers, and then you, of course, being there. We're we're excited about going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see you guys there. (laughs) Excellent. Well, can you tell us in all these busy miles and travel, how do you live out the fit philosophy trying to balance performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self? How do I balance it all? Yeah. Uh, It's heavy heavy on the trying to run fast. Um, I I try to, like, I like to read, and um, when I can't read, I will, like, listen to... Uh, books on audio while I'm running. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we ask you what you're reading uh, right now? Uh, yeah, I'm listening to Michelle Obama. Oh, oh yeah. I got that for Christmas. <laughs> How are you liking it? I love it. Uh-huh. She's funny. Yeah. She's oh, really she's funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I read uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins before that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got a fighter's mind as a gift. Okay. So I need to start that one. Um, I've been into a lot of autobiographies. Mm-hmm. I've been enjoying, like, I think that um, people in my life want to, are trying to persuade me to write my own autobiography. So <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I'm like, she needs uh, I'm reading um, Dina Castor's book right now, her memoir. So good. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. And I'm like, hmm, I think Allie <laughs> Kiefer needs to write yeah. a book, too. So we would no, be, no pressure. We would be on that boat with everybody else. <laughs> 
Well, so why making a movie instead? Oh, you are making a movie instead. Yeah. Well, I like that better. (laughs) It's not really like my movie. Um, I'm just starring in it, or my face is starring in it. I'm not not really sure how to explain it, but um, it's like going to be, I think, just mostly just my face. But um, there, so how it was presented to me is that there is a movie by Spike Lee about Kobe Bryant, and he's in a basketball game, and like. It just is his, like, face uh-huh. is the whole film. I actually haven't seen the film, but I probably should. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. And um, then there's a voiceover of him explaining what's going on. And, like, you know, that's well, pretty quick moving. So yeah, yeah. I think that sounds pretty exciting. Um, and so this guy, Hank Stanford, who is a film producer, wanted to do that as a marathon. So he contacted me. And he's actually, I'm in Flagstaff right now. He's here filming uh-huh. right now. Um, but I think we're going to make it a little bit different than just like two hours and a half of a marathon because it's not as exciting as a basketball game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's some downtime um, in a marathon. Yeah. yeah it's like, and, and I'm still tired and like, I'm really hurting and yep. Yep. Still hurting. <laughs> still hurting. <laughs> I don't know what my, my voiceover would be. <laughs> so. Oh, how yeah, fun. Was there a title yeah. to it yet? Nope. Not that I know. You okay. might know a lot more, yeah. I don't ask them any questions. I just you, roll with it. You just run. <laughs> you just say yes. <laughs> run and do voiceover. Well, that's awesome. We'll be looking forward yeah. to like when that's coming out and hearing more about it. That's super cool. Allie's red carpet debut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on. And Karen, I can't wait to meet you in person in June. So we'll look forward to that. And enjoy your time in thank Flagstaff. Thank you so much. Yeah, and happy oh, racing. Thank you. Yep. See ya. Bye, you too, guys. Bye. Bye, Queens. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing soon of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as REDS, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com, to find out when the release date is set and when it'll be on Amazon. Bye, queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. And Hashtag Fit for a Queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.